John Feigenbaum from CDN Publishing. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week, and we've got a lot to talk about uh, today. Patrick Perez is here to chat with us about all the things that we've been doing over at CDN for the last year. I can't believe it's already November. So, Patrick, uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, great to be here, John, with you. Um, having done one of these in a long time, as we as we discussed, uh, and it, like you say, yeah, I obviously cannot believe it's been a year already. I feel like. I feel like I'm just getting ready to go to the 2022 fun show, <laughs> to be honest. Right. Um, a great year for a great sheet. Um, we've done our first international show in a couple of years. You know, we did, we went to Europe twice um, this year, which I think was fantastic. Um, but for great sheet in general, you know, I think we've made major strides in a lot of areas. Um, we've added tons of uh, additional U S pricing. It's like for us pricing is kind of amazing to me because right when you think it's all done, we realize, Oh, there's this giant section of, pricing that we've never touched before. For example, um, the Overton varieties for uh, cat bus halves, which you did an amazing job of, you know, filling in just an insane amount of pricing there. Um, I think we've had really awesome growth with CDN Exchange, you know, um, many more members, more interaction, more data, more transactions, just a greater awareness of how powerful that platform is. And of course, we have some really amazing plans for it um, in the coming year. With a with a redesign and kind of a reboot to make it even more powerful for you know numismatic professionals, um, and then just the publications themselves, uh, which we'll get into a little bit more later with the addition of some new grading services and um, you know even more pricing to add for U.S. and then of course the world, which I just mentioned. You know we have the banknote book, which we've been constantly expanding. Um, it's now fully digitized, as kind of has been known, but um, our outreach abroad for that specific purpose to make the international community of dealers and auction houses, importantly, you know, now every auction house in Europe that sells paper money is a fully aware of what the bank notebook is and our dedication to it. You know, we've been putting a lot of resources into it. And I think that momentum is just going to continue to build, uh, provided that we continue to do a good job communicating, um, you know, all the effort that we're putting into it. So um, that's kind of, my brief recap, but it's more to me. It's more looking toward the future. You know, I, 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 my, me personally, I'm not great at looking behind. You know, I kind of just whatever happened yesterday. I don't even really remember. It's just what's going on tomorrow. And I think our company is a little bit that way too. We, we appreciate what we've done, but we're always looking to do more, and we don't rest on our, on our laurels for sure. I agree, and I think that's a. I, I think it's a great setup. And and while you were just talking about that, it's the perfect time to hear you say all those things we've been working on to acknowledge the fact that we're a really small team. We're about eight, 10 people total. And, you know, every, just amazing. We pack, you know, I think we just punched so much above our weight in terms of what we achieve here. And, and just like you said, I mean, I, I have no interest in what we did last year. I'm all in, all in on what we're doing for next year, which like you said, is a whole new redesign for CDN exchange. We have to talk about, redoing pricing structures because we have new grading services coming into the industry. We have new product categories that we want to cover. We are getting calls from companies we've never gotten calls from, large ones that want us to provide data because we're really the only, we're not, not just only, but we are the premier um, 
pricing provider in numismatics in the United States. And like you said, we've been going to Europe and in Europe, we're proving to them that, that who we are, because largely before the bank notebook, we were unknown in Europe. So it's been fun and I love it. I love every minute of it. And I can't thank you enough for the job that you do. And, and it's great. It's a great group of people we have here. Um, so I'm looking forward to 2023, even though this year went by in a blip. Yeah. And I anticipate next year will go by equally as fast. Um, so the first thing that I think we should jump into, and it's something that, and the reason I think we should jump into it first is because it's something that we've actually been grappling with for seven years, literally, is pricing plus coins. And that kind of ties in with this discussion of, of, of the new CAC grading service. And then, the, and, you know, and even now a new grading scale, which will, will follow the, this current discussion. So just expand your own. I, I know you've had a lot of discussions about it and, and we all have, you know, have our own thoughts about it. Um, if you just want to touch on that really briefly. Sure. I mean, we, we you know, we have resisted as uh, our, you know, loyal readers will know resisted the idea of plus pricing on coins, because I always thought that, uh, you know, if you want to know what a plus is worth, you just have to look at what a coin is worth and what the next grade is worth. Um, and then decide what you want to pay into the spread for that. I mean, how many prices can we offer? Our, our prices, we've always said, are guidance. They're not, nothing should be considered set in stone or, or the absolute. So, you know, it's always subject to interpretation. So therefore a plus should be, but we get, you know, the most requested item for us is plus coins pricing, which, okay, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll add that. It's actually not that complicated, but it's a structural change for how we store data and how we display data. So that's part of the issue. And at the same time, we've got these new grading service of CAC. We've got NGC expanding into actually two different areas of grading. They're coming into something called green label, which is sort of a subset of, of NGC coins that have been uh, pre-approved for eye appeal and things like that. And so we have to look at that as a third, as a new grading service. Uh, tra we'll trade differently than non-green label. And then also, we got an email yesterday uh, announcing NGCX, which is a 10-point grading scale for coins, which is their answer to the idea of um, ball card grading and trying to, I think, reach across the aisle, as it were, in collectibles and say, you know, if you like sports cards and things like that, maybe in comics, then you'll understand the grading scale, which to a non-numismatist, of course, the zero through 70 scale doesn't make a lot of sense. And it, it, and it actually doesn't make a lot of sense if we had a, an academic conversation about it. Historically, we have zero to 70, but not for, a good, no, not for a good logical reason. Yeah, exactly. The 70 scale is kind of a legacy thing that, yeah, it really fundamentally doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Um, one thing that's interesting is that I think about a lot is whether it's, you know, plus pricing or pricing newly graded CAC coins is how much time do we let pass for these coins to trade and, and gather sales data before you can even put a price on it? Good point. You know, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot is that maybe you have to wait a year before these, so these coins can get out into the wild and start trading because otherwise pricing is largely speculative, which is something that we avoid at all costs. Right. I mean, um, we want to see bidders. We want to see market activity, two-way market activity. We want to, we just want to represent the values here, um, you know, accurately so that, you know, our whole goal, I don't know if people realize how fundamentally, you know, the mission sort of statement is in my head, but the fundamental issue is protecting, you know, buyers and sellers. That's, that's our whole mission is, is to put up a number 
that will protect you so that when you buy you're you're you know in the right place and when you sell you know the same thing you don't sell for too little or you don't try to get too much and then are unsuccessful um but right without data and it's and that's good because i think it'll serve our purposes as well that we need about we need a few six months or so to catch up to you know a lot of companies like this make announcements you know they want to they want to make surprise announcements they don't want to give away too much information so it's you know we we aren't it's not like we're ready to launch this the minute they announce it right but i do applaud ngc for trying something new um and i think the 10 point grading scale does make a lot of sense to the average collector um even someone who maybe doesn't even have any prior experience collecting sports non-sports cards or comics just a brand new collector so to speak and as we know you know for many many years a lot of numismatists or collectors start with bullion or buying moderns right and then move into classic and so them creating a very simple to understand 10 point scale although i think personally they overcomplicated certain parts of it however um it's good what i'm curious about is if we stay on the 70 point scale for classics and a guy starts collecting coins on the 10 point scale how does he make that how does he cross that bridge and kind of make that in his mind? Like, Oh gosh, like a, a 55 is a 8.8. .8. Like, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how these oh, equivalents kind of. work out over the next five years or so. Right. And, and maybe it's the other way. Maybe the guys who are, who are, you know, collecting the moderns, you know, um, then decide, Oh, I love, you know, moderns are cool, but I love classics. That's normally how the pro it progresses in the collecting world. Um, right. So if the entry point is, is gold eagles and then they move over to twenty dollar gold pieces, but um, you know I think I think we'll, you know we'll, we'll talk about it. And in fact, uh, we heard earlier today from uh, Andrew Salzberg, who's the president at NGC, that he's going to join us for the next conversation. So I'm actually really excited because I know about as much about this whole new thing as anybody else. So I'm you know I can't wait to hear what he tells us about it, and we can ask him those kinds of questions. But but I do think. You know, the early feedback that I've seen on forums and things like that is it's actually better received than I thought. You know, a lot of times there's, you know, everyone's, you know, got a conspiracy theory about changing the grading scale and this and that. But generally, it seems like people are kind of getting it, you know, um, and even the folks at NGC said this is very experimental. We're we're trying to be edgy here and cutting edge. And I, I applaud them for that. I mean, if, if I were, you know, owned NGC, I probably would have tried this, too. I mean, absolutely. I'd be trying everything that's, that's, that's and, you know, credible. And one thing that I thought of too, uh, when I heard about it is, you know, we all know that there's a pretty big dearth of numismatic talent right now in the world. And I think it's easier to train a grader to, to grade modern coins on a 10 point scale than a 70 point scale. Right. So if you have a guy who's kind of a new grader and is, you know, as a new hire, I think that might be a, a factor too, is that it's easy. I think it's easier to teach someone that than the 70 point scale on moderns. Cause it's like, okay, well, if it has one spot as a 69 and if it has two spots as a 68 or whatever, whatever the standard is. And I, and I sure hope they don't put pluses on them. 9.9 yeah, plus. That would be, we avoided that, that is, part before. Wait, yeah, wait, which is the origin of the whole plus system, which is that make a decision, right? It's AU 58 or it's MS 60. Why do you need a plus? You know, really you need more levels in there. Forget it. I won't, I won't go there. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so there's obviously a lot going on in U.S. coins, but as we mentioned, there's equally or more going on and more need for world items. 
Right. And so I just wanted to kind of jump in and, and give a little bit of updates on Bank Notebook that I mentioned earlier. So for those that may not know, Bank Notebook is the, um, the catalog for world paper money. You know, for 45 years now, there's been this thing called PIC, the Standard Catalog of World Paper Money, which is no longer being published. And um, so the Bank Notebook is, is, if you're a world paper money collector or dealer, it's, it's the catalog that you need, not only for information purposes, but also for pricing. Um, now there's a lot of work to be done for pricing, but the question that we receive most often is when, when is the world going to be complete, right? So we don't have, the bank notebook is not a complete catalog yet because there are certain countries that are yet to be published. Um, while every country has been started, some of them substantially still up to 80, 90% completion, they have not been published. So we're hoping, uh, you know, this year for all the, for the viewers out there that we're going to have the, the world finished up to 98%. At, by this time next year. You know, I think that's something really important to convey. Um, and, that does, and and also it's also important to point out that in the meantime, we're always updating anytime a new note comes out, anytime a new date, anytime a new signature variety comes out, it is in the catalog that week. Um, and dedicated users of the bank notebook know that, but I think enough, not enough, you know, average users are aware of that, of that concept. And we have, Things going on in, in, in cataloging and in auctions and on, for instance, eBay is, is a really good where people are kind of making up their own pick numbers. That is entirely unnecessary because Bank Notebook has already assigned a catalog number for that note. And so, you know, we're really pushing to, to have the world community kind of adopt that, our numbering system. Uh, and I think we're winning that battle, but you're right. I mean, there's there's all kinds of rogue entries being made to, a, to a, an old catalog that should be thrown away. Um, and part of that is just us getting the word out. And while you and Owen are the rubber hitting the road, adding entries to the catalog every day and changing pricing, we're working at, over here. I'm working on the technology side to automate the system. We're gonna we're gonna do something completely revolutionary in the numismatic trade, which is that the 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 publication itself, which is digital access on our in our website with subscribers will be updated automatically as prices or descriptions change or entries are made. It's going to be just so phenomenal that this is going to be, you know, 21st century publishing at its finest in terms of collectibles. And, um, you know, we're really, we're just really excited and it opens up the door to other categories like world coins, which is of extreme interest to us. Um, and we're working, you know, with, with some folks on that and we'll have some, hopefully some big announcements, but I think starting in January at the latest, you're going to start seeing more and more world coins coming on our website, certainly by catalog reference, uh, not necessarily with pricing in the beginning, but we, but if you've been paying attention, we've got Canadian coins all over the place. And uh, you know, when we've been doing pricing on Canadian and us Philippines, which is really not a world item, but it, it really is. Um, you know, I, Patrick and I are, are just finishing uh, some touches on, on mod updating all the U.S. Philippine coinage, and we love this kind of thing. I mean, I don't know if the, the viewers here can appreciate how much we love more going into new areas, uh, you know, as well as, you know, maintaining the data and pricing on, on, you know, the things we always do, like U.S. coins. And, you know, um, by the way, I'll just add as an aside, I was working on peace dollars this morning. Peace and Morgan dollars are starting to see a little bit of a dip. In the last year, we saw nothing but plus signs. I mean, Morgan and Peace Dollars almost doubled in the last 20, you know, 18 months. And now we're starting to see a small settling down in that area, natural. Uh, nobody should get excited, but I'd also pay attention to the levels on Morgan and Peace Dollars at the moment. 
Yeah, and I'm glad just what you brought up as far as the technology because people really, really need to start viewing the bank notebook, the even the monthly gray sheet, CPG as living documents, things that are constantly, it's an organism, it changes, it's going to change, you know, every single day almost, you know, once we, once we get the thing uh, fully automated, the generation of the, of the online publications. And that's, I think that's really going, and obviously we have not fully announced it yet because we're still working on it, but it's going to be something that um, users are going to be keen, want to be keenly aware of so that they're always up to date with the most fresh right. information. Right. Everyone wants to know why we don't have a printed copy of the banknote book. Well, you know, if you know anything about those old phone book size world catalogs of coins or paper, you know, not only they're just, you know, everything about them is wrong in terms of being out of date or everything else, but it's also, you know, in this, in this age of eco-friendly and, and things like that, I mean, it's, it's a disaster to print all these extra books that no one really needs. So we're really pushing, we're at the forefront of also this technology of get an iPad, you know, for goodness sake, buy an iPad, access our documents on the iPad. It's so easy. You know, you can carry 40 books in your, in, in your iPad now in terms, you know, with our subscriptions. And that's, and that's the way we're going. That's the other futuristic vision we have here, which is to bring more and more publications digitally. You can, you know, hold them in your pocket on your phone or your iPad. And so you'll get to the show and you get right already. You can access the Friedberg book. Spink is working with us and they brought their, their British decimal catalog and we're, you know, asking them to do some more with us. Everybody's really interested in the kinds of ideas we have here. And it, it is, you know, it may take a few more years to catch on fully, but it's, it's definitely getting positive response. Absolutely. So you briefly touched on some, some pricing updates and I think that's a great segue just to kind of talk about just, you know, the market in general, you know, obviously U S coins have enjoyed a really strong run the past, you know, 24 plus months. Um, and, and we've all kind of seen, a little bit of cooling of demand, but you know, what's interesting is these shows the past, let's say since, since summertime, you know, the, like the last two quarters of this year so far, everything that I've heard is that the wholesale trading is still pretty strong. You know, dealers are more than happy to buy, whether for stock or for, or for want list customers and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's interesting. Do you, what do you see market wise for 2023 for, for us, us coins, if you had to just kind of throw out a couple of things. Well, you you know, I would never, I would never be so bold as to to forecast beyond a few months in the coin business because I think it's it, it should never really be done. Uh, right. But I can tell you that the right, just like you said, in Baltimore uh, last month, we were in Baltimore, and was it a few weeks ago that every dealer had a smile on their face. Again, that's a pretty big indicator in the coin business. A bunch of angry people at coin shows usually. These everybody was walking around with a big smile and. Everything was selling every, but what, what, what people were telling me was that, you know, price, price levels are important, more important than they were. You can't just throw any number on something, but if you were priced right, it was selling and, uh, and there's still, you know, not enough, not enough inventory out there. But like I said, with Morgans, I mean, maybe the certain programs have dried up a little bit where everybody were, you know, we're buying all these Morgans or something at a higher level, but it's not natural for things to only go up. We saw that with technology stocks. We know we know that they, you know, the longer they go up, the more precarious they become. So with coins, I think we've seen a much, much smaller dip than we did in other collectibles that were, you know, like sports cards have seen some big, some big adjustments. Coins are a more stable business. And what's happened that I'm hearing is some of the sport, big sports card vendor sellers and marketplaces are reaching out to us and saying, 
this is a good business, this numismatics thing, you know, these coins and paper money, you know, this is a real thing, you know, this, you know, these have been around a long time and there've been coin collectors for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years and, and, you know, especially in Europe and so on. So, so I think our day is coming and that's what's solidifying the downside right now. So instead of everybody saying, oh, all the profits that, that we made on, on coins in the last 18 months, I'm just going to sell my collection. People are really seeing that, that places like eBay and other marketplaces are actually seeing greater demand because there's more exposure. I mean, this is exactly why, you know, NGC is coming out with a new label, new grading label uh, standard because they they're going the other way. They're going to these other collections saying, you know, you know, if you don't, you know, you have the stomach for cards, you're going to love coins. You know, we don't have that kind of roller coaster, um, you know, market. And so I think, I think, it, you know, we could be finally seeing our day in that regard. And then, that would worry me in only the sense that there is not enough coins of classic right. U.S. coins. There are not enough to get this much more demand. If three cent nickels, if if one thousand people came in and started buying three cent nickels, that didn't the, the, a three hundred dollar coin would become a three thousand dollar coin overnight. There's no coin. There are no coins. They're just not expensive, and they're great. Right. They're so cool. So you know, this is the same with U.S. paper money. We've already seen that. You know, you can talk to paper money better than I can, but I know there's no inventory. You know, if you want to buy. You know, five dollar chiefs or you know black eagle silver certificates, right? Can you find them in, in nice high yeah, grade? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not in quantity. But it is funny that, that what you said just before is because for for a long time everyone's like, oh, you know, coins are that's that's old news. You know, it's all about the, you know these these newer collectibles. And and now because of the the the, the wide base, so to speak, of and the history of coin collecting and its long term kind of benefit, you're seeing much more stability in our market. You know, I, as you know, I, you know, I follow comics pretty closely and a lot of, you know, what they call key books um, in, in high grade are pretty much are off across the boards anywhere from 40 to 60%. I mean, that's like, wow, you know, big cuts, big cuts. And, and there's always a floor. And the good thing is the, that floor is still higher than the previous low, you know, so there's always, you know, things are stair-stepping and, and, you know, they're higher, but from the peaks, no problem, 40%. So, you know, and that's, that's significant. Um, and so you don't, and you get swings in coins, but usually not that big unless something crazy happens in bullet, you know, in precious metals. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's, I, I totally agree with, with, with what you said and yeah, with paper, yeah, we've seen some, some wild prices just because a lot of this stuff just simply doesn't exist. Um, for me, what I'm kind of interested to follow going into, you know, calendar year 2023 is if the collectibles business and specifically rare coins, but how insulated are we? From these outside pressures um that'll be interesting to follow and that's really more on the high end of course you know expensive coins but uh, it'll be interesting to follow sure sure i mean we know that some of the biggest buyers in the last two years in u.s coins people buying the, the you know the seven figure coins um we're doing that with you know money they earn in in other markets you know like digital currencies and things like that um but they were they were actually quite smart to hedge themselves, and that's what they were doing. They were buying, right. you know, million dollar coins with currency they made elsewhere. Maybe it was real estate, maybe it was you know Bitcoin or whatever. Um, and I think they can you know be happy they did. And we'll never know. You know, the coin business has always been strange in that it never behaves properly. Right? We we could have a complete market downturn, but then you know 
two or three people with with very deep pockets are just can diversify into coins and so then things don't get cheaper or the opposite has happened we we've, we've seen brief periods of time when seven figure coins were out of vogue and you know if you were smart that's when you bought right before this current market rise on such rarities like 1913 nickels and 94 s dimes and 1804 i mean you know, I know John Albanese at CAC had bought an 1804. He was he's always sort of the bottom bidder on such coins at auctions. He just puts in a baseline number, and he was shocked. Right. He, you know, he called me and said, "I'm shocked that I bought this coin." You know, and then within two days, he had several offers on the coin. However, right. that that you know, they took overnight for people to realize how how inexpensive the coin had sold. And now, I think I think that coin just sold again for quite a bit more. So right. You know, these are very much, you know, everyone is everyone is sort of looking at everybody else and what they do. And that's a terrible situation. But in rare coins, it's not always the case. You can have very eccentric buyers who don't care at all about what other people are doing. And you might have someone who says, I'll buy every 1804. I don't care. I'm worth, you know, I'm worth a few billion dollars. And if I have to buy, you know, five 1804, that's great. I mean, I always wanted them. So, you know, right. it's not a lot of money to, and, you know, coins are still not a lot of money in a lot of ways, not in this economy. Um, and I, I think that's, that's part of it. I totally agree. I think about that all the time when I read about, you know, the Paul El Paul Allen um, sale. You know, the the, the Microsoft head. Incredible. You know, they sold his, his his the first session of his of his art collection. It was 60, 60 lots, and it sold for one point six billion dollars or right. one point five. So I mean, compared to that, it's the, it was the first ever sale where more than one lot broke a hundred million. Right. Yeah, I mean, so, you I and mean, I love art. We love art, but we'll never understand those numbers. I mean, why would you? pay you know a hundred million dollars for this i mean it's it's just is it somewhere just to store money is it and it's been that way for a long time so this is no flash in the pan concept but but you know um you know coins have always felt more tangible to me and art has always felt like something that should be in a museum but that's just my personal take on on things like that yeah. but um yeah so there's no way to to use the macro economy to predict the micro numismatic economy um, that doesn't right. mean anything. It doesn't mean it won't go down next year. What doesn't mean it won't explode next year. And anybody who tells you otherwise is, is not telling you the truth. The same with gold and silver spot pricing. Nobody knows what's going to happen there. Too many factors. But, but what we can tell you is that gray sheet will be honest about the representation of those numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, awesome. You know, um, I think that's, that's pretty solid for now. Uh, yeah. We covered a lot of ground. Um, yeah. It's only know, been Three years since we did this so let's yeah yeah no now kidding. that we got the no studio kidding. back we can do it again and again but we have so much to talk about we have a ton of things to talk about always um mm -hmm. we appreciate anyone um anyone and everyone who checks in please um don't hesitate to you know comment or shoot us an email um, our email addresses are pretty widespread or, or well known um and of course you know we really encourage people to constantly check out graysheet.com because there's always stuff you know, there's always new things, you know, we do a lot of things quietly, like John, as you mentioned, the Canadian pricing was kind of just done without any really big fanfare, but it's there. And it's a huge amount of information that really has never been done before for the US, US collector. Um, so yeah, so check that out and make sure you read our, our, our weekly digest that goes out every um, Saturday morning. Yeah, and, and, and right. And that note, happy holidays to everybody. Um, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Thanksgiving. And then come happy new year. And then please, if you're going to the fun show in Florida, please come and see us. We'll Patrick and I will be there. And we're also going to be at the Berlin world money fair the first week in February. And so um, we will be, you know, 
we're going to be having a big old time over there. So please come see us, send us your questions. We'll address them in the next podcast. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Braysheet would like to thank the entire staff of 2022 who made this one of the best years Graysheet has ever had. This includes our customer service and administrative team, Amber Perez, Colleen Bankovitz, and Willis Chen. We also want to thank production manager, Sam Crow for putting out outstanding Graysheet covers every month and making our production a smooth process. Graysheet is very thankful to have Greg Bradley, IT specialist, who manages and has built the backbone of most of our digital online platforms. Where, of course, would we be without the specialties of our Vice President of Data and Content, Patrick Perez, and his hard work pricing our database, managing the bank notebook, and giving us such wonderful market insights on numismatics and a multitude of other topics. We want to thank Amanda Blatto, who has come on board as Vice President of CDN Exchange. She is currently working hard to make CDN Exchange the best platform online for dealers and providing exciting new podcasts for numismatists and collectors alike. We want to thank our marketing expert, Jeremy Gottlieb, as he works hand-in-hand with a name many of you are familiar with, our Vice President of Operations and Advertising. Billy Blattle. Big shout out to John Fagenbaum for organizing and being one of the best presidents for a company there could be. Last but not least, we want to thank you, our viewers, and our subscribers for your patience and support as we make and build Gracie to fit every dealer's needs. Without you, we wouldn't be where we are today. So thank you. We look forward to seeing everyone at the upcoming Winter Fun 2023. And from the Gracie team to you, happy holidays.